0: The fan. Are you Beer League Beauty and think you should be sponsored like a pro? Head over to our contest page and register for a chance to win a Michelob Golden Player Sponsorship. More info at KFN.com. Keyword contest. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You
1: can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. War. You can talk to guy, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. Yeah. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks.
2: You can be a master.
1: Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go by yourself. Double 13, 14 past common man program. I'm Common East 10 legendary Mark Rose in His uh, last day on the air this week, sort of dialed back on his schedule. I was told by someone who texted me that they were... At the game last night saw mm-hmm. you uh on the front row with a with a Lexus club and that, in
3: and that guardsy and
1: in that somebody that the waiter came by and actually carted you when you bought your glass of wine. He that did. those facials are really working. Yeah. That not only do you I, feel younger or stronger, you actually look younger.
3: He thought you were seventeen years old. I, I was happy to give him my ID. Think about it. really it's just working so <laughs> well for you. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um
1: how giddy are you for the um about the wolves
3: last I mean, night, giddy isn't the right word. Okay. I, I was appreciative of of the overall effort from start to finish, where they never trailed in the game. Should um,
1: we have to be appreciative of the effort, though? No, I
3: mean, no, no, a, no, no, no. A, a I mean, appreciative giving? of seeing the team do what they need to do. Uh, I mean, it's game five or whatever it was. I mean, it's not like the it was the, the the sense of the building was what like it was last spring in the playoffs. and They were without Nas. You know what was very apparent was. The absence of Nas Reed and Jade McDaniels, uh, whatever thought process the Wolves had of even trying to compete with that team would have been impossible. Uh, and you can see the impact that those two guys have. On are this you suggesting team. if
1: they had been with the team last playoff game, no, they would, no, would have hoisted no. the O'Brien Trophy? No,
3: no. Okay. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm, I'm just suggesting it would have been even a tougher series, and Denver called it the toughest series they had in the playoff run <laughs> to the championship. Those two guys in particular uh, are as important to the franchise's overall success as anybody else on this team. Uh, you have to have that kind of bench strength. So I mean, I was I was appreciative of watching as you've talked about the effort, their their ability to deny the ball and Jokic is going to get his shots but to you know to, to Gordon and to Murray and uh, the, basically the rest of the team Denver, they did a really good. I mean, Gobert didn't make a basket last night, yet he altered a lot of shots inside. He
1: was able to roam in the paint. He was because... really effective. Big Meow, I guess, accepted the responsibility. I don't know if this. I'm sure this was pre-planned. They probably Finch probably said, "We need you to. We're going You're gonna get a lot of a lot of uh, Joker one-on-one. You're yeah. gonna get help. But you're yeah. gonna get a lot of one-on-one. And you know, Big Meow said after the game. He said, "I used my feet and uh, uh, you know my athleticism to keep Joker." from getting into the paint, and he did a pretty good job. He
3: he was outside a lot, and, and, uh, you know, he's going to get his points every game. And the other aspect of what we, you know, especially after the Atlanta game the other night, I mean, Anthony Edwards, and Finch acknowledged it after the game, went strong to the basket a lot. I mean, I think he shot eight free throws, but he's got all, he's. when I say he's unstoppable, he of course he can get stopped. Somebody can swat the ball away and he can miss shots. But his uh, ability to maneuver inside in, and, uh, is remarkable. I mean, he does have skill set that I've never seen on a Timberwolf player um, as far as getting inside and getting to the lane and getting to the basket. And he needs to utilize that more and more and more. Uh, he's just too good a player. He can make three-point shots. He can hit mid-range jump shots. But I think he gets a little lackadaisical in relying on those at times, and when he, it's it's a lot of effort. It is. It's hard. It's it's a you're going inside, uh, and it's a physical game. You're going to take your lumps, but Edwards is is more than he has the ability to, to dish it out as much as it is to take it. So I was I was really happy to see that, and uh, yeah, it was just a really um, start to finish. They had the 19 point lead at the half, but I, I don't think. I I certainly didn't feel the same way. And Denver was unbeaten, and, you know, after the third quarter, they they tried to make a little bit of a run. I think they cut it to 14, but there was never a moment where it's like under 10 and like, uh uh-oh, here we go. I I think after what happened the other night, all the fans at Target Center last night were going, 19-point lead doesn't mean a thing against the world champs in particular, and yet the Wolves were able to kind of maintain that edge last night and get a win. And, And as Finch said, as you talked about earlier in the show, the impressive thing to do is to stack them. You know, let's win more. Let's, let's duplicate well, that's that. That's why.
1: That's why against I, Utah, I just roll my eyes, shrug my shoulders, and well, shake my head. To this point, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired of it because this team did it last well, year. Well, it's more. It's discouraging. This, so that. this team last year had a number of very good performances against some of the better teams in the league and actually won. And then they go and they they Detroit. play the dregs of the league, you know, and and they and they and they lose. And it's like it's that, to me that's just that's not attention to detail that's not professional that's i mean you you look you can lose to a bad team every once in a while it's oh, of course happen, but they were doing it at at it almost seemed to be unprecedented levels for a team that was able to win so many games against quality opponents I, until they until they do start stacking on them i'm just, I just you know what i i used to do the old get to the western conference finals and get back to me I'll I'll dial it back a little bit and just say stack a few like for instance beat Utah Saturday and right. then beat Boston too. There's there's no law against winning three games in a row no, against quality not. opponents. No. And Utah's really not quality. They're two and three. They're, they're okay. They're a club. good team. Yeah,
3: beat, they're good. Did, not great. beat them. Right.
1: And then Boston's here
3: Monday night. Go yeah.
1: ahead and beat Boston if you yeah. if you think you and right now they are. They claim we have the talent to be the best defensive team in the NBA. And after, what are they, four games in, five games in, they are in rankings. It's early. They are the best defensive team in the NBA right now. Continue that. Shut Boston down. Win a game and and, and prove it to us that you can. That this isn't just more than ah, oh, you win an occasional. You know, you you put it all together for an occasional game and then you rest on your laurels.
3: Well, I, I think a lot of times, even even with the, the best teams in the NBA and the Western Conference is loaded. I mean, they they have some you know really good basketball teams, and to try to get that that edge, but um, you know to. You're gonna have those you're gonna have those nights, especially in in professional basketball. We got eighty two games, you got this play in tournament this year, which I still don't quite understand and the significance of that. Uh so you're gonna have team you're gonna have players, you're gonna have teams, you're gonna have efforts where kind of just mailing it in. And and you can't. You gotta go out there and play like Every game matters. The elite
1: teams rarely, rarely have those games. What's that? The elite teams rarely yeah, have. I mean the clunkers. They yeah, really yeah.
3: Do. Denver kind of had one last night where they got they got beat handily. I mean, it was it was not.
1: Well, what,
3: what do you mean? They did.
1: Yeah, the, the scores can be deceiving.
3: Yeah, it mean, was, but it, they were they were never really luck. in it last night. Well, I mean, no, but that's what I was saying is that they got beat handily. It wasn't like they made a run and the Wolves still won by three at the you know the last minute of the game. Which a lot of times happens and turns into a really good basketball game.
1: First five minutes, they were cold shooting Denver. After that, yeah, they but, played them. To, there was a seven-point difference. That's nothing in the
2: NBA.
3: Well, well it was. It was a, but how do you, wait was, a minute, wait a, a four, minute. You can't just throw away lead. the first three, four minutes of the game because they missed some shots. And the Wolves had something to do with that. I mean, uh, they're not the first yeah, couple of them. A
1: couple of them. A couple of the buckets they had well defended.
3: Yeah, they did. They were a you, couple of them. How much did you watch? You never watched the game. I
1: watched until it was eighteen four. Knew well, if they can't put this that's, game away. Yeah, I watched Rockford Falls at that point.
3: That's <laughs> <I know> <laughs> what I'm saying. You don't see the flow of a game because you you don't watch very often. I just I, all I have to do is read the quotes and I can tell yeah. you what. Happened. Okay, that's interesting. All right. So when you <laughs> just read I the did, quotes, I didn't have courtside t- seats available There's Nothing to, to me do Mark. with it. You can watch it on television and, and watch. What they're doing defensively it has nothing to do with where, where I was sitting last night.
2: Here's
1: the, here's what happened last night. Joker missed like in his first two times he touched the ball, maybe mm-hmm. three times, right under the bat. They just had bad rolls. It didn't go yeah, in. Yeah, They didn't. Yeah. If those three go in, now it's 18-10. It's a whole different ball game. Or 18-12. It's a whole different ball game. But it wasn't. And so what happened was they got out to the 14-point lead and they played well enough to hold on. Because they only outscored them from that point on by seven points. That's a close game. Seven points is basically two and a half possessions. That game could have went either way. Right. I'm not taking anything away from them. I don't, I don't think they dominated that game. Or any, or by well, any they
3: shut of down years. what Denver does best. Yeah, the really Joker distributes the ball and, and gets his teammates, as we saw all the way to the championship last year. They are a complete basketball team. And, yeah, uh, I well, I, I,
1: here's I know me. you
3: can do it again, but, I mean, you can't. You here's, have
1: to, here's the most important thing that came out of the game last The single most. Forget the win. Forget the loss. Forget that. Ant's quote after the game. Starting with myself, just Mm -hmm. can't come out being selfish, worrying about however many points I want to score. Just playing within the game, playing within the flow. I think that's the main thing with me. I'm worried so much about scoring and how many points I got, how many points I'm trying to get instead of just worrying about the little things, rebounding, boxing out, getting back on D. I've said that about Ant and every other young player in the league is all they want to do is score, and I've been begging Ant not to. I said, at this point, well, the season started, I said that's going to be the biggest detriment to this team is this kid being told how great he is, that he's going to be the next best player in the league, and Steve Kerr, tell him with, and now it's all of a sudden, well, now the team's got to climb on my back. I'm going to score. And he figured out last night, thankfully it's early in the season, that's I can't play that way. That's not how it works in this league. And he played, got back on D. He distributes the ball. He gets some rebounds. That's the biggest detriment
3: is the kids that want to play hero ball. And Well, that's they get that on watching the Kyrie Irvings and the Russell and Westbrooks the of the world, guys that you admire. And that's, huh? You like Westbrook. You're a big Russell Westbrook guy. Whoever
1: said I like Russell
3: Westbrook? Well, I was talking about the Lakers the other day, and uh, I said Westbrook is. No, it was the Clippers. Is, it, it, the, 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 oh, but. Anyway, the point there they're volume shooters. That's where the that's where the that's where the guys make their money. That's where they get the shoe contracts. There are a lot of volume shooters in the league. I think Anthony Edwards is already a more complete basketball player, but yes, he needs to address that um, on a, on a nightly so basis. That's the most yeah. important
1: thing that came out of that game. I don't care about the win or how Cat played or Gobert or yep. Bite Bite or Connolly <laughs> or he is Bite Bite. He is bite Bite. To me, it's when Anthony Edwards realizes. The reason they lost to Atlanta in the second half is because he and Cat were playing hero ball. Every single time they got the ball, they shot, and they didn't make most of them, and that's why they lost the game. When these guys come to that realization, Connolly was the key in that. Now, I wasn't there, but I can tell you, I know from reading, he scored 10 of his 17 points in the third quarter when Denver made their run. Denver came, I'm sure at halftime, Coach said... Look, Malone says we're probably not going to win this game. But let's go ahead and give them everything we got, and let's see if we can get them to buckle a little bit here. And they gave them everything they had. They cut into the lead, and then Connolly, the veterans. Well, they cut into they cut it down to thirteen. That was they cut 14, that lead, yeah. and then Con, and then Connolly went rose to the occasion, and he scored ten of his seventeen. Yeah. And Bite Bite was big in that game. So if they can continue to play that way, I just don't trust them yet. I'm sorry, I don't trust. Them. Well, that's fine.
3: But it was an entertaining night. That's all. It was. I don't, I don't look at it any other way than that. And yes, they have to. They have to. They have to stack them up. Those they have, have to stack them up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and let's hope they can stack them up. I'm challenging that club right now. <coughs> I'm challenging that club right there. Do you do you have Finch's not number? I do not. Could you get it and text him that I'd like to do the the pep pre-gate, talk pre-gate on preach night on to get a uh, uh, Utah. Go out and win that game. Don't let Utah even have this... Don't let them even sniff like they're in the game. And then when Boston comes to town, put out the kind of performance against Boston that you did uh, last Last night night. against Denver, and you might have some people that won't roll their eyes, shrug your shoulders, shake their head, and dismiss it when you do the old, well, we
3: just, I don't know, we got to be more
1: mature. Can't play
3: like a high school team. That's what I want to keep. It's all going to... It's not going to... I want to say it doesn't matter, but... It, it all starts with the playoffs it, it just does Teams play as you know A whole different level When the playoffs start You're going to see These ups and downs From a lot of basketball teams Pretty much all of them During the course of the season All I know listen is us the, the Chicago Bulls That won 72 games
1: Old State Warriors Won a lot of games
3: Now they sure did What was Denver's record Last year Awfully good.
1: They won close to they won 60 plus, didn't they? You can win a lot of games if you decide yeah, you you're can. really gonna play. Yeah. If they have as much talent as everybody believes they have, including you, you just stated you think they're loaded, then win some game. Don't just win the occasional game against a good team. Win a lot of them.
3: Listen to you. Yes. Loaned up.
1: Oh, yeah, but I'm passionate uh, about my teams.
3: You could care less. Well, you're right, but it's my
1: job. <laughs> I'm passionate, and I want this team to start doing the things they need to do to make themselves well.
3: Why relevant. don't you go preach to the Minnesota Wild while turning things around tonight? Kenna wants to hear that. They could use your pump-up speech. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't waste my breath. I think they're in trouble. Uh-oh. Well, the, the, the organization itself admits it. they from the very top. Look, yeah. we're handcuffed yeah. for the next two years. two years, so we
3: don't... Okay. That
1: nice. so they're saying. Why, why should I believe any different? We'll take a break. We'll come back. And we'll talk about the Vikings when we return. Comment man, program on The Fan.
0: The Fan and two men in a junk truck want to give you a shot to put a grand in your hand with our national cash contest. Enter the keyword. Win. At KFAN.com now. For a shot to win, the keyword is win. Enter now at KFAN.com.
2: On The Fan.
0: To chime in on what's happening with your favorite KFM program. Make your voice heard on the Bradshaw and Bryan text line. Let us know what you have to say by texting your message to 64686. That's 64686. Standard message and data rates apply. You can also choose the uh, the uh, talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app like this. Come oh, go back
2: and look at last year and how the Wolves beat them in, what was it, three out of four games? You let Joker do what he does. You stop his supporting cast like we did last year, like we did yesterday. And if, you know, the Wolves would have hit shots in Atlanta, we wouldn't have blew that game either. Anybody can say that. How about you just give a Minnesota team some credit for once? Otherwise, go back to Detroit. Yeah. He did. You he heard he said
1: metaphor in the regular season? <laughs> what happened in postseason?
3: They were missing two of their best players, the Wolves. That didn't help. How does it I you thinking the best. Series. What? Define best. Most important to the entire. Well, Nas Reed and. Jaden McDaniels. They were the most important. They're more important of- than
0: Anthony Edwards? No, I didn't say that. More important
3: than Rudy I said Gover- two of the. More important most. than Big Meow? In some respects, yes. You collectively, you don't like
1: the big meow, do you?
3: It's a question of not liking him. He's got incredible skills in a lot of things he does. I just don't know if he's a good fit. Would you like to see him traded? For the right deal, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. Oh, the right, oh the right deal. Yeah, sure. Above
1: average at that. How are you going to stop Joker? He he was instrumental last he night. He played awfully Joker. well. He played well. He played real well. If you're going to get if. But the I'm just, road to the NBA Finals what? goes through Denver in the West, don't you think? I think I'd it goes say through the I, was, I, I think the Denver.
3: Denver did a marvelous job of building up to that moment last year, having never won a championship. Much the way you know the Texas Rangers had won a championship. Denver was always kind of a you know a, a nice club, never really could compete with the big boys. And um, I loved watching them play last year. Their coach. Uh, uh, Saunders is an assistant coach on the team. The makeup of the team, there were a lot to there was a lot to admire after the dispose of the Wolves. So I like the way they play, but it took it took years to kind of get to that point of, of building an entire team. They have their you know they have their versions of Nas Reed and Jade McGain. They have great role players. It's not just a joker. So the, you have to, of course you have to have a superstar too. But you better have a supporting cast that's capable of of, of not folding under pressure. And uh, I think Nas Reed is in for a huge year this year for this team. Uh, he's a, arguably along with uh, Anthony Edwards, the most popular player in the team right now, from, from among the fan base. And Jade McDaniels has got to get he's getting a little healthier right now, but you know, seeing that long frame of his and playing some defense last night. That's what they were missing in the postseason last year. They didn't have anyone like that. Being popular doesn't
1: always mean performing, though, Mark. You can be a popular player, but...
3: Well, I, I know, but he is performing. That's no, why he is so popular. Far, right? yeah. He's not popular because he's... He's popular because he's they appreciate the way he plays coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And his attitude and his appreciation, he's just one of those guys it's an easy guy to root for that's all that's right that's okay yeah so that's my point right
1: but being popular doesn't always equate into being a great player
3: I didn't say it did okay it's I not, said it like you were saying no that. I said he um, was he's playing really really well as a bench player
1: um in response to the to the uh um uh, uh, talkback guy yeah I gave the wolves a credit, but you're not going to get Ducky and Bunny here. You're going to get the tough love covenant. It's not the love covenant that you get in other places. I gave him credit. I'm just, the coach himself said, it's great, but let's stack them on top of each other. He did. Yeah, that, that's, that's all Chris I'm said. saying. That's all I've said. I love that Big Meow. I, I complimented Big Meow. Let's, do you want to start where I complimented? I complimented Big Meow for basically taking the role he was given in this game and doing it. And his job was to try to slow Go Bear down, and he did a nice job. Mm-hmm. That was his main role. He didn't score a lot of points, didn't need him to score a lot of points. Okay? Connelly rose to the occasion in the third quarter when they mm-hmm. needed somebody to score points. He scored 10 of his 17. I credited Ant for finally figuring it out that it's not all about points. That's not all his fault. He was—he's— he's, It's the idolizing and pedestalizing that people like you do, all the media people, all the fans, he's going to be the next superstar. So then he starts believing it. Man, I'm a superstar. Guess what? I'm supposed to shoot all the time. And now he realizes, well, wait, maybe I'm not supposed to shoot all the time. Maybe sometimes they need me to rebound or play defense, or maybe they need me to distribute the ball. And he's starting to figure, so I gave them all the credit, but I'm also saying we've heard all this before from these guys. We heard it last year over and over and over again. And they kept failing. Even this year we heard it, how great they were. And then they had to lay that leg at, at, at Atlanta.
3: Well, you're not going to get solutions to all the things you're asking five games into this thing. That's just it. You, in order to change. In 33 years. Well, I, but it's not that, you know, that's not saying, that's like saying that, you know, the no, players have, are all at 18. Players are on the twin. They yeah. weren't they were they weren't aware that they had 18-game no, losing that's streak. Right, that's right. So they're they're not aware before, you know, what happened in 2004 when they went to the Western oh, I, Conference Finals. I know, I know, I know. They weren't even born. I know. So it's it's hard. Just saying
1: it's, from every iteration of this team we've heard the same quotes. Just exchange the players' names. Quotes are all the same. Got to be more mature. We got to be better. Yeah, got to close out games. I've seen it all. I give it I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So until I see it on a, a a regular basis and start playing like those great teams like your Golden State Warriors teams and all those teams that win championships, until you start doing that night after night after night, I don't believe in it. Sorry. Now, you think you've got it bad. Here's what Marquez Valdez scantly said about having to travel to Germany.
3: I heard this. Yeah, it
1: sucks. <laughs> I got to find a babysitter for my dogs for a couple of days.
3: I saw that. I'm sorry. Not my kids. I always love that My boy. dogs. They don't have a dog care center around there? That he's ever seen or heard of?
1: He's got to find a babysitter.
3: Everybody that I know who own pets, including meat sauce, they go out of town. They bring their... There's a doggy downtown, whatever. Everyone who has a dog. Call Jordan Addison. (laughs) This dog might need company. (laughs) We don't know about that dog. I just think that was... I could not stop laughing when I saw that quote. It sucks. I have to find a dog sitter. got a question for you.
1: What do Bob Gibson... Reggie Jackson, Sandy Koufax, and... Um,
3: Bob Gibson, Sandy uh, Koufax, Reggie Jackson. Corey Seager have in common. Uh, MVPs?
1: Um, That's close, but MVPs twice. Oh. In the World
3: Series. Oh, yeah. Koufax
1: yeah. won two. Yeah. Reggie won two. Oh. Um, Bob Gibson won two. And Corey Seager won a second How about one that? last night. How about that? the Texas Rangers.
3: Yeah. Undefeated on the road in the postseason.
1: You are correct. Eleven wins. Yeah, they won in the postseason. Think about when you wake up in the morning. And he's a very fine player. But
3: when you see your name, you with see your
1: the- name with Gibson, <laughs> Koufax, and Mister October.
3: I know it's pretty cool stuff for him.
1: It is. We will talk Vikings and uh, your. I think. I think you. I don't know if you were a close personal friend, but I know you know Bobby Knight. Oh yeah. So we'll talk yeah. about uh, Bobby Knight dead at age eighty three. Vikings, they'll be taking on. The Falcons, you'll hear that game on this radio station Sunday. Coverage begins at 10, kickoff at noon right here on The Fan.
2: Ben, the Fan.
0: Fan on the Farm is back. Send PA your tractor talkbacks all week long for a chance to be sent from the farm to the field and win a pair of tickets to see the Vikings take on the Bears on Monday, November 27th.
1: beat it. You're suggesting Belichick is forgotten
3: how a coach? Or? No, I'm just saying that you have to have the right personnel around you.
1: Right, well, that's what I'm saying.
3: Uh, I don't just mean a Tom Brady. I mean, you got to find players that are do it the Belichick way. Much the way that you're just talking about Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight had to find the players that did it his way or the highway.
1: Yeah, I think if you put Belichick on Kansas City sideline or Philadelphia sideline, they'd
3: be doing pretty well. Oh, sure they would. I don't I mean you got enough you have enough great personnel as long as he's not trying to mold them into what you know they're not. I mean they're individuals and that's the thing. Anyway, it's a whole other story.
1: Um Bobby Knight dead at eighty three. Hollywood. Uh, I guess you take the good with the bad. I was never a big fan. I mean, I know he was very successful as a coach. Players that played for him except the one that was getting strangled uh they all love him they 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 stand mm-hmm. by him they'd they'd uh they 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 they'd they'd let a truck run over him for him but i wasn't a uh, big fan of very boorish poor behavior but um yeah your your thoughts well on i had Bob
3: enough interactions with uh mr knight over the years um off you know off and on when he came to town with, with the hoosiers in particular. Uh, and with uh, his close personal friend, Sid Hartman, <laughs> who arranged. I remember one time he arranged. I was going down to Bloomington to do an interview, and he said, oh, I'll call, I'll call him for you. I'll get you I'll get you all set up. Uh, fine, Sid. If he wants to come out and do a one-on-one before the game, i love it. So Bob Knight comes out on the floor, and you know I'm used to doing interviews at this point in my career and life, and I asked him two questions, and after the second answer, he just walked off. I mean, it was like he had to be in control of pretty much everything. Yeah. In other words, normally when I, you do an interview, I go, I'll ask three, four, questions. I'm not going to take up all this time, right. but I would say, thanks a lot, appreciate you, appreciate your time. Whatever. No, he he had to be in control. This is a real small thing, but this is a a detail that I think the way he kind of characterized his life. A very complicated man. Obviously, I'm not going. You can talk, you know, till you're blue in the face about his accomplishments as a basketball coach, but. Mike Lupica, who's a you know well known writer uh, for many 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 years, had a great quote. He said he he Knight was a larger than life figure who sabotaged himself by being smaller than life. I mean, I think I saw him one time in, in the old barn, which is still there, um, at a post game news conference berate a local writer who happened to be kind of heavy set. Okay, and that's just the way he was. And and Knight went after his physical traits. Okay, and I thought, wow, that was cruel um you know and i you know obviously i i was i've interviewed him when he was he was going toe-to-toe with the late great bill musselman when he was here and they they could stand each other and uh, the late tony parker who was working for channel nine at the time and i was in line to do these this interview with with Knight on the court and i was after tony and tony asked him a couple of questions they got into it and i think they were talking about musselman so I, I was up next and Knight screaming at tony parker and I go up to Bob, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty young at this point, and I'm just going. You know, so they look at. I just, I, I wanted to get your thoughts because it is a rivalry that's being established here about the Gophers' young coach, Bill Musselman, and he went off on him, and then he looked at me and he goes, "Do you like everybody you work with?" And I'm going, <laughs> I thought to answer him, going, "Well, I kind of do. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know." But he's like, "Wow, I, I was." That's, that's kind of who he was in a nutshell over, over all those years. This,
1: this from the Washington Post. It says, Mr. Knight wielded intimidation as a coaching tool. He choked at least one of his players in practice, headbutted another, mm-hmm. and once during a game appeared to kick a member of his team, his own son. He told the Washington Post in 1985, quote, my players put up with me because they know that when I do things, even when I do things that I consider distasteful, I do it because I'm trying to help them be the best thing well, they can be, whatever it is. And I have enough of an ego to think I know better than anyone, professors, girlfriends, the guy in the dorm, what's best for them.
3: See, this is the thing that I've been around enough coaches and, and, and people who are really, really successful in their lives and in their jobs um, who can do it with class and dignity, who can get that same message across without being a bully. And to me, I think it's Bob's background, whatever it was, the way he was brought. I mean, he just had that. That upbringing and the way he was taught and and, and the loyalists that he had. Oh, well, they're
1: everywhere. Almost everybody that's played for
3: him. No, I, that's just, yeah, and other f- fellow coaches and everything else. Yeah. Most of them. Um, swear by it. I just, I think a lot of other people on the kind of the outside looking in went, you know what? You could still have that influence on a lot of your players without being the bully. Off the court, he ran a clean,
1: scandal-free program, and yeah. more than 95% of his players who completed four years of eligibility received their degrees. Yet for all his accolades and accomplishments, Mr. Knight was incapable of curving his temper or tongue. Harold Andreas, the coach who hired Mr. Knight for his first job at Cuyahoga Falls, told Sports Illustrated in 1981, he can be as charming as anybody in the world, or he can be the biggest horse's ass in the world. Mm-hmm. He knew it.
3: He wore it with a badge of honor. Mr. Knight... Yeah
1: railed against changing standards in sports and society, including the role of women in an 88 interview. He told NBC newscaster Connie Chung, if rape's inevitable, relax and enjoy.
3: Yeah, he tried to clarify that later. There's no way to clarify. Well, I didn't think there was either, but I mean, I know he he tried. He
1: apologized for some of his transgressions, but his anger and menacing sense of defiance never abated. As his hair grew whiter and he dropped the boyish nickname Bobby in favor of Bob, he remained unrepentant, his greatest enemy was always himself. In March of two thousand, he said, "I see absolutely no reason to change my ways."
3: No, and and, and I, again, I mean, as our our late departed Sid uh, would say all the time, you know, nobody talks about the good things he does, and he did do a lot of good things. Yeah, he, yeah. he did a lot of charitable things. He did a lot of things for his players, um, and he and but my point, getting back to my original point, was I think a lot of coaches in that position of power and influence over young men, in particular can Do the same thing and and do do the same thing without the bullying aspect of his life that, that permeated everything and everyone that he was around um, and cost him dearly, I think, at times. He didn't give a rip about what anybody else thought about him up until his dying day, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, he was, like I said, he's a very complicated man. I mean, his, his I, uh, I was watching it with Abbott earlier. His, you know, when Michael Jordan was on his basketball team. Um, he knew Jordan was special; that he was the best player that he was ever going to probably coach, and and talked you know mightily about MJ and and what and why you know you know when Portland passed on him, they said well we need to draft the center. He goes well he said draft Michael Jordan and make him a center. Well, instead of course they took Sam Bowie and the rest is history.
1: The episodes of bad behavior continued to mount. Mister Knight once stuffed an opposing fan in a trash can. Oh yeah, he cursed at officials and opponents and accused him of cheating. He reportedly threw a potted plant at a secretary's head. He kicked female reporters out of his locker room and said, there's only two things you people are good for, having babies and frying bacon.
3: Well, case closed. I mean, What I, a
1: charming individual. That's what,
3: that's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, I saw a lot of it, but that's what I see you can still have that. I'm going to it over and over again. You can still have that influence, a positive influence on, on young people. Without being that w- In
1: 1985, Mr. Knight allowed post-sports writer John Feinstein to spend the full season with his Indiana team, giving him complete and unprecedented access. The resulting book, The Best Seller, A Season on the Brink, 1986, mm-hmm. depicted, depicted Mr. Knight as alter, alternately sensitive, arrogant, and volatile. Upset that his foul-mouthed diatribes were printed in the book, Mr. Knight refused to speak to Feinstein for eight years.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he had his loyalists, and he, you know, in town here was Sid, and it was um, it was Bud. And they would go to Vecchios and have their dinners. And, 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 and you know, Sid was... Here's a Bill, Bill
1: Walton wrote in Time Magazine in 2000. Why is he so angry? He is who he is. A coach whose success is based on bullying and intimidating people. His style is rooted, mm-hmm. rooted in boorish behavior, which he psychologically terrorizes his players for his own benefit. The legendary Bob Knight. Yeah. He is the last... His 1976 team... The last national championship team to go undefeated. Now, Gonzaga almost did it, what is it, a couple years ago? When right, they were, I right. think they were thirty two and oh going or thirty thirty two and O going in the final game. Um Yeah.
3: It's um I don't know. I don't know what to think. You know, rest in peace. Well, I think no, I mean you you laid it out there. Like I said, then Lupica's quote said it right. I mean, he he made himself smaller than in than life at times. He just did. And Especially, and, and, you know, look at the, the divorce he had with Indiana and what went on there with the Texas Tech. Finally, he, was, you know, he
1: was mad that they fired him. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be upset either. All I did was put his, tried to choke one of his players. Yeah, right. I mean, well, why would on, expect to be fired? Tape, yeah. Who would be expected to be fired
3: for that? Yeah, it was, um, he was his old sc- I mean, old school is the wrong term to use because, you know. He could coach Gr- oh, no question yeah, could coach. Absolutely, he you knew that his, his offenses and what they the way he ran uh I mean, I think a lot of times those players were very intimidated uh, to make a mistake. He had a certain way of, you know, he would sit on the bench with mean, the golfers. and uh, Jim Dutcher was talking about it. The golfers beat Indiana here when it was 156, I think it was, at Williams Arena, where Bob just sat on the bench basically the entire second half in particular. They didn't, they yeah. didn't call timeout. Well, you know, they talking about a game like last night. 156 over, Indi- over any Indiana team, any Bob Knight coach yeah. team. Uh, was remarkable, but uh, he's, man, he was something to be your own.
1: Vikings um, against Atlanta. Uh, coverage will start at 10 o'clock here uh, pregame at uh, yep. uh, kickoff a little afternoon, of course, and Vikings game day on Channel 9. What time do you start? At
3: 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. 10 to 11 this, this week, and we'll be previewing yeah. the game, of course, and talking about the, the two I was like new quarterbacks, both uh, one played for the Vikings, Taylor Heineke starting for Atlanta. They, they benched Desmond Ritter and uh, they've been struggling offensively and uh, we're opening up a new shiny toy on Sunday to see how that's going to work with uh, Jaren Hall Jaron Hall getting an opportunity um, and uh you know it's it's I think that's the part of it that is intriguing with the Vikings in this you know winning streak they're on right now and um, you know Atlanta's kind of a uh, you know like the Vikings I mean, they've been an up and down team they've been making mistakes offensively they lost their best defensive lineman for the year. We'll see what the kid has early on. I mean, I'd I, I'm with, I'd like to see him play action the first pass and throw throw it deep to Addison just to loosen things up a little bit. I we'll say, see what KOC does with I, this offense I would, I would early like on. To, um, I just hope he doesn't hand it off on his first play.
1: I would like, <laughs> to, um, I would like to employ the, the B-flow approach to the offense aggressive without being reckless. I'd like to see yeah. them let the kid open it up a little bit. I, don't agree. Be aggressive. I agree. I mean, be aggressive, but yeah. don't be reckless. During spread swing, you said you probably picked the Falcons. Well, who are you uh, picking on Sunday?
3: I, I mean, I, look, I, I don't. of course I want the Vikings. I don't even make a prediction. But I think Atlanta's favored for a reason. And when you have a, a rookie quarterback who's never played an NFL game starting, well, naturally, you think the other team is probably going to win. You're picking the Falcons.
1: Then. Yeah, I, I mean,
3: yes, okay. if I had to, I'd probably pick Atlanta. Well, you have to. Yeah.
1: I'm asking you who you're going to pick. Yes. I'm going to take the <clears throat> Vikings. All I right. think Darren I think uh, Darren. I, I think Jaron Hall. It's just well, it's 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 my gadfly since tingling. I think yeah. he's going to have a big game. I think and the defense and I doubted the defense. Now, part of it is different personnel. They have five different starters. It's not all B flow, but B flow is certainly taking this defense and giving oh, them a they're,
3: sense of you're locked in right of, now.
1: Giving them a sense of being aggressive without being reckless, and it's working. And I think they're going to they're. They know, it they, they doesn't mean it's going to work this way. I, what I'm thinking is they've said so themselves. They know that they need to help this offense because they got a rookie quarterback. I, I, so they need to even crank it up another notch. 100% I agree with that. I think they're going to be able to do it. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Vikings are going to pull
3: it out. I do. Well, I, I 100% agree with that assessment of how their defense is not only playing right now, but understanding what's at stake right now, where they're, they're, even, they're going to take offense to even giving up a, a, a score. Um, you know they're taking a lot of pride in what they're doing right now, and we've seen the development of, of some really good players. Daniel Hunter was named, uh, I think, Defensive Player of the Month. Um, he talked about today the fact that he never thought for a minute the Vikings were going to entertain the idea of trading him this before the deadline on Tuesday, even though he's going to be a free agent after this year. Um, they have some, you know, they have some guys that we're seeing now what they thought might happen earlier in the year, developing some really good football players. So uh, it'd be nice to get Marcus Davenport back for the, the stretch run in December. But, you know, these games are all critical at the moment because now you have an opportunity to go over 500. I mean, this team's lost its 1st
1: fourth game in a row if they were able to win. Yeah. So let's take a call from Brody from Chaska. Brody, you're on the fan.
2: Hello? Yes, how are you doing? Hey, Coming.
1: hey I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Brody. How are you this fine afternoon?
2: I- I'm good. No. As far as that other guy you're talking to, uh, Benedict Arnold.
3: Yep. What are you talking traitor?
2: about? You just picked him against the Vikings.
3: Well, I picked him. I said, did you hear the what else I said? I said, I'm rooting like crazy for, for Jaron Hall. I mean, but you're picking against the Vikings. You've right, okay, I'll on. change my mind. No. I'm picking the Vikings. Listen to him now. No, my God. Now. I mean, my God, it's like. It's too late now. Okay, so I'll just... You
2: got a lot of gall, man. You got a lot of gall. Nine,
3: ten in a row, they're going to rattle them all off to the win their first Super Bowl this year. How's that, Brody? I hope
2: you got, a, I hope you got an extra long couch at your house because that's where you'll be sleeping when your <laughs> wife finds out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've never known you to have a sense of humor, Brody. Oh. That's what funny are you stuff. talking about? Yeah, what's that supposed <laughs> to mean? Self-explanatory.
2: Yeah, Common wanted me to be on his comedy shows.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. No,
2: uh-huh. I Yeah, well, listen, are you guys ready ready to apologize? What I was right. But what? Oh, just about everything from this season.
3: What's happened? What do you mean?
2: Remember, well, remember when I called in and I said, I said, next man up after JJ got hurt. Yes, you did. You guys laughed at me. I did.
3: You guys laughed at
2: me. Boy, there's a certain receiver that seems to be playing pretty well now, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, Mark. Well, I don't remember I laughing at you. I laughed at you for all sorts of reasons, but I don't think that tape See, I was one e- of them. I can even admit that I did. I laughed uh, at him. Yeah. I mean, you can admit it.
1: Well, I think we all remember it. Go ahead, Brody. Keep going. You're on a roll.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then
2: well speaking of which, oh, remember when war on? Warren, Warren in the Warons said <laughs> that Jordan Edison wouldn't be able to get off the ball?
0: Yeah. yeah I remember that. What he said. He liked right Rashi way. Rice better than him. Yeah.
2: Most, most touchdowns by a Vikings receiver in the first uh, however many games, yeah including including more than uh, a certain guy named Randy Moss. Yeah, I remember him, oh, I right, think, Randy really Moss. Come on, man, you got Moss. <laughs> you and Warren
3: ought to get your own show. I was
2: the only one. And you can look at my Twitter account. When everybody was talking about who we were going to sign to replace Kirk, and they were throwing out all these dumb names. Mm -hmm. including the dumb one that Warren threw out. You know, they were throwing out all these names that, you know, recycle quarterbacks. Right, right. And I was the one who said, we're going to sign somebody that nobody's talking about. And what do we do? (laughs)
1: We sign somebody that nobody's talking about. about. Matter of fact, we sign somebody nobody even has heard of before. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and because we because our team, our our coaches and our management know what they're doing. That's exactly that's right.
3: So if the kid has a good game on Sunday, do you start uh, Dobbs the following week? What do you What are you going to do if you're the head coach, Mister Know It All?
2: Well, yeah, okay. It's it's called one game at a time, Rosen. You know how to coach? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I said go. if he plays <laughs> really well on Sunday, that's one game at a time. You can project. Just Just imagine if yeah, he plays Mark. really well. They brought it Dobbs. depends on what really well means. It depends on all sorts. It's not just as
2: simple as you think it is, Rosen. <laughs> he, tries Dobbs, to he, really he, he tries to, to oversimplify. dub still has to get, you know, it's not easy to just come in and take up a really good offense like this and learn it in one week. Yeah,
1: complicated.
3: Bro, he's an aerospace so, yeah, so engineer. He's a smart guy. He's, he knows the playbook inside and out already. I guarantee you.
2: Do you know how thick their playbooks are, Rosen? Yeah, i
1: have probably seen never seen one. I've sh-
3: never seen one. Okay. They're the it's size dope. of the old Chicago phone director. Yeah, they're right. that big. About as big as your comedy sketches.
2: Now here's one other thing I need to talk about right. that nobody else has we, been saying. We've only got right. about a minute. talking about this for years. How come the trade deadline was at 3 o'clock for us, right? Mm-hmm. But for the East Coast teams, it's at 4 o'clock. <laughs> So they get an extra hour?
3: Yeah, that's right. I hadn't thought of that. This is before daylight saving I time on Saturday that. night, I too.
1: hadn't thought about that. Why do they get an extra hour? It's that East Coast bias is what it
2: is. And people are like, well, it's the same time. But listen, if you wake up at 7 o'clock, you get till 4 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. That's one more hour. That's exactly right. It's Man. it's thinking like that. We'll talk about this again tomorrow. Yeah, all
1: right. We're very good. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Brody. Appreciate <laughs> Just, that.
3: That's yeah, insightful. Mark. He was on a roll today? He was. <laughs> hey, don't forget to change your clocks back. You don't even have to do that no. anymore because it's done automatically for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, We'll see you on, on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday at one o- uh, 2
1: o'clock, right? Uh, it's yes, always sir. good to see you again. Thanks, Scott. Uh, you bet. Uh, Teneby, thanks for having me. Hey, great job. You as well. Uh, big Ticket and JGR next. Tomorrow, who do we have for our uh, program password?
0: Uh, Nordo and Chris Schaefer from Channel Sweet. 4 will be here.
1: Along with Little B. So that's at uh, 1 o'clock, Lil B, and then program password at 1.30. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stick around. Don't touch that dial.
0: We're everywhere.
2: to any of Common Man's programs by podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com.